We did that live. That was cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, technical difficulties, why we had to do that, but it was still cool. I have got Angie right across from me at the desk. It is so trippy to just be looking right into your eyeballs while I do this. It's kind of like we've been dating for a while. Right. We finally got together. Now it's like a thing. It's gotten serious. Yeah. We don't have the boys with us tonight, which don't freak out about that. That's fine. They have, have Andre's notes, and I know how Ian felt about the episode. They will be back next week, so if there's any kind of thing that we don't include that they were thinking about it, they can always, you know, say some stuff. We won't have you next week, though. No, I will not be here next okay. week. All right. So, let's get into it. This is the one to be at, though. This is the one this to be is, at. This is... I had a really rough day today. Um, I think a lot... I think anybody who has been a part of the Mr. Robot world and fandom and all that good stuff last night was pretty deep. Yeah. I was a mess. I was a mess. Yeah. I was a mess all day today, too. And I was trying to figure out, it's not just being about being a fan of the show. And I don't want to derail the podcast about personal stuff that's happened to me. But because I've had um, personal trauma, physical trauma, I think I didn't expect myself to get caught up in that. I mean, that's kind of what happens with trauma of your own. Like, you you think you're good with it. You think you, and you, and you never really lay it down, but you carry it well and when we got to that back half of the episode last night, I felt myself um, kind of falling face first down some basement stairs into some old shit, you know. I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but that's how authentic it was for me. This performance, this writing, what Sam did, what Rami did, uh, and what Elliot Villar did to get it out of Rami and Gloria Rubin. So... Today has been kind of a weird day. It was like the show did a 180 on us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I'm not mad at it. But I am a little disturbed in my spirit, I guess I want to say. That's a pretty accurate depiction. It really makes you think about all everything, the entire storyline. And even, you know, earlier tonight we were watching small clips of the first season. And I... I I completely look at it so differently now. Yeah, 180. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you think about, so if you haven't, um, if you have not seen the episode, please stop right now. Don't listen to this podcast until you've gotten through episode seven of season four of Mr. Robot Proxy Authentication. I can never say that word fast. Uh, <laughs> I am not good at that word, but I just stop right now and, and go and, and then come back. But what happened last night, this entire time we've been riding along thinking that Mr. Robot is indeed Elliot's friend, that they are tight. Sam has been throwing us this curveball intentionally. And you're not, you shouldn't feel weird about, the like we're all in the same boat of we all thought he was really close to his father. And what he had done is taken on um, a persona. He had DID from his sexual trauma from his father. And now we have to reframe what we know of Edward Alderson and what we know of this relationship and what we know of the show. And I just started doing what everybody did, clocking all the moments. The opening scene with Rohit at Ron's Coffee, how he targets, you know, he'll like let you do all kinds of like dirty shit in front of him. But if you're a molester of any kind, you're in his sights. So the opening scene that Sam has given us is this person who's, He's not with Mr. Robot. He's by himself. And he's sitting there across from this man who's peddling and pedophilia. 
And that's how our show gets started. And Sam has been saying since the very beginning, the plot to this whole thing, the key to this whole thing is hiding in plain sight, and there it was. And I have to say, I didn't see it coming. I did not see this coming. And I don't think anybody should feel bad if they didn't see it coming. No, not at all. Um, yeah, and Sam Esmail has said that time and time again, that it's been in front of us this whole time. And there has been some speculation. I myself thought about it a couple of times, but I just felt like it was so far removed from where the plot was going or where we thought the plot was going. So I never went back to it again. And even as it it was unfolding in front of me last night, it was still very much a a big surprise to me. Like it was brand, brand new, me seeing it and hearing it for the first time. I think my heart started to race when we saw where Vera was taking this. How is Vera going to break him? And what is Vera's purpose? And I think a lot of people were getting very agitated with this whole reemergence of Vera. Like, what the fuck is this? We're all, it's, it's Christmas Day. There's a lot of shit going on. There's the Olivia thing happening. There's trying to get into virtual realty. Now he gets snatched off the street. And we're like, dude, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. But there was a plan behind it all along because of Vera wanting so desperately to partner up with with Elliot and not just partner up with him connect with him I dare say there was a twisted kind of love there he forces this session between Krista who had run screaming away from Elliot because uh, he was very dangerous as Mr. Robot and she had probably suspected all along but here it was this forced session and in this setting almost Shakespearean, like almost a a stage play, Mm -hmm. you know, complete with Matt Quayle's uh, broiling score, this suspenseful score. And I was just mesmerized by the whole thing. And the first half of it seems almost ordinary. If, if you're not a robot uh, watcher, it seems like, oh, this is just another TV show in USA. And then as you start seeing him tip, toward this window incident we're like are we about to find out what happened on that day oh shit and here you go yeah it's happening it was ha- yeah, yeah. I, I have to say the first three acts I, I and plus I had to watch it at a later time it was after midnight when I was watching it and first three acts I thought okay what, what's happening here I don't really right. know and I was about to give up on it and said okay let me just start this again this weekend and I, I and sh- I am so glad that I just hung in there because definitely I think there was um, that that uh, that moving up into that storyline of that episode last night was very intentional. Yeah. And um, but yeah, let's let's take it back though from the even like from the beginning. Um, I know we're not gonna go through it I- in the order, but we can. I mean, whatever you want to do. Yeah, but just some of the first thing. Um, a lot of things were kind of stirring in my mind when it was like act one and then the music and I thought uh, the score and I thought, okay, what is, what is happening here? And of course, just like any robot fan, you're trying to like dissect everything that's in front of you. And while you're watching, while it, you're watching, course, you can't help it. right. And you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, watch it. And then you're like, you're Googling things at the same time, just trying right. to find your, we all want to be like the, the, the first person to find the first Easter egg, right? This show does make you do that. It yeah. really does. And I just had to kind of put all my devices away and really just focus. And it was so dark like the the first I don't know was it the first half of the first act was just so dark it was dark yes yeah it was very dark yeah. like literally dark yeah physically dark and mm-hmm. then I felt like you know there's this we're leading up to something and it very it felt very almost like a a, a noir 
in a way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, a detective novel. We've been hunting down this mysterious kind of event with um, Kevin McAllister this entire time. And I'm like, we're, we're sliding into it. And I really literally had no idea what was going to go next. So what's the play? Where are we headed? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's what I love about the show is that I don't ever really see it coming. And I'm one, well, I walked into the village, by example, years ago, and I went with a bunch of people, and it was like a big night out, and we went to see the village, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. And 15 minutes into it, I was like, what? And went outside and just smoked. <laughs> Because I was a heavy smoker at the time, and I was like Jones in, and I didn't want to sit there and watch what I knew was coming, you know. And they're like, "What the fuck did you leave?" And I'm like, "I knew exactly what was about to happen in 15 minutes." And I'm not trying to say that I'm some sort of fucking genius or anything, but when you write for a living, and you you you're steeped in knowing what acts are going to do, you kind of like you can see the hand mm-hmm. behind the wheel. And I just, I didn't see where the pacing was happening. You know what's something that, that reminded me uh, with the thunder and the Christmas and all that stuff? Uh, Cape Fear. Have you ever seen Cape Fear? Like the old one? I don't think so. Um, it's worth kind of, I want to say Gregory Peck's in that one. Mm-hmm. I, some big actor was also the the villain, the Vera. Um but there, I'm sure, I, I'm almost certain he drew from it because the music felt like that. This whole room felt like that. I would be surprised if it was uh, inspired by something else. So it was Max uh, Quayle's score. This is what Andre says about it. He's showing off how versatile he can be in his episode with uh, this Bernard Hermanesque old-time Hollywood score. It was so unlike the show's traditional sound, and he somehow made it work, a la uh, Ramin in Game of Thrones with Light of the Seven. And I totally agree with that. And he says even the entire style of the show was un- uprooted for this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like we were in Mr. Robot land in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what you were saying. And I hate to put it like this, but everything was incredibly cinematic and not everything uh, like the thing we're used to. So gone is the muted color grading. Everything was warmer in color despite the episode's content. Most noticeably were the colors yellow and red that seemed to pop up in the kitchen of Krista's house. Yellow, Vera, red, Mr. Robot. I mean, but he does predominantly use red um, throughout the series. But I am struck this season by the use of yellow and golden tones. What do you make of Vera's tracksuit being yellow? I don't know. And I was trying to think of that. Clearly, he was still in that yellow with the red stripe on the side and... Um, you know, last episode he was carving out the grapefruit. So there was definitely like some color matching there. I really don't make anything out of it. But one thing that struck out to me last night, in addition to the whole cinematography and the way the use of the lighting is how each character we're seeing them in a, in a different light. Absolutely. Right. So Vera, we see, we seem to see him. I feel like it was genuine and him really empathizing with Elliot and once discovering what had happened to him and, coming down you know to, you know so sitting next to each other and talking about you know seeing Krista in a in a really place of Elliot's like now giving her therapy and how to give him therapy so that was really we can do this we can do this exactly so it was just and then Elliot of course just to see him in a in the most vulnerable state that we've ever seen him it just everybody had a di- uh, their characters were in a different light specifically last night the whole thing was 
upside down. It's a great way to put it. And to your point, now that I'm thinking, I'll just type what you just said together with my notion about the yellow jumpsuit, mm-hmm. is that red is used as a caution, as danger is impending. The red phone, Dom's red coat, um, young MA or uh, peanuts, red coat. Like there's red in the room, there's danger in the room. But I took this yellow to be where we landed with Vera. Is he's a very he's very sympathetic to Elliot, and where he ends up wanting to you won't be alone. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I've got you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never once forgot the entire time. I just kept muttering under my breath on during the first watch. Uh, you, you raped Shayla. Would you rape Shayla? Would you rape Shayla? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be alone right now if you didn't rape and have Shayla killed. But but that use of color was like where we land. Caution. Yes, there's a danger in this person, but there's a softening of Vera, and he realizes, you know, he's he's finally found something in the world. You know, they mm-hmm. both found someone. Who knows what could have happened? Probably something fucking horrible, because now you have Vera feeding Monster mm-hmm. his daily bread. Mr. Robot shuffles off this mortal coil, and now you have this guy. So, I mean, Elliot would have been the king of New York, right? Mm-hmm. If he had wanted to, who knows what would have happened there? Um, can I point out something that was very probably obvious to everyone else, but I didn't get it until the fourth watch because we know how I'm a forest for the trees kind of person. <laughs> that we got the little bitch story in the last episode where Vera turns on his bully and bashes his head in. The day that Elliot refuses to be molested there's obviously pictures on that camera that show the molestation is how i'm taking Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. and he reacts when he sees what's happened maybe hides darlene his dad's coming he's got a baseball bat i was just like this bat talk Mm -hmm. even from last episode i forgot to say it in the last episode is like the bat thing i'm like I mean, I'm no Freudian scholar, but I was just like, what? Did anybody, did you get it the first time around? I was, I'm very slow. No, no. This is the first time. I mean, you're, as you're saying it, it's like, oh, yeah, there is some kind of connection the there. The bat to bat thing? Bat to bat, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So we, we learned from last night's episode that Vera has suspected all along what's up with Elliot. Yeah, I think he's recognizing that there are some same characteristics within himself. Because Vera also had confessed that. Um, he had went through some some similar situations with his mom and her friends, and so God, he was. Yeah. That would make you a monster, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And I always, I, I and you and I talk about all the time. Um, you know, Elliot Alderson is seeing Christopher Reason, yes. and we never really knew what that was until. And as it was coming out, I thought, oh, we're about to find out. Like Lisa's about to find out why he is seeing Lisa, seeing Krista to begin with. Right. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, but he was it was for, it was court ordered, and then then she yeah. he gets in her care, and yeah, and I think she starts to go. This person is deeply damaged. And then she, I think her, his association with five, nine, you know, she's like, oh, hell no. Nah. And I see what she did to my ex-boyfriend. No, I want to live a normal life. I want nothing to do with it. To the degree that she calls her own attorney who says, mm-hmm. you need to walk away from this shit. So I find it interesting that we're back in her apartment and also heartbreaking. He, he says it, he says it out loud when he says, I need her. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for him to say these very simple things to us. To him, 
just that first moment when I knew, oh, shit, here we go. Mm-hmm. Because up until this episode, Elliot hasn't been speaking to us. Mm-hmm. He's very closed off. He's lost his mother. He's lost Angela. Remorse and loss and grief stacked upon stacked upon stacked. And now he's in this situation where at the end of it, I'm asking myself, what was all of this about? Mm-hmm. Five nine. Five nine is Edward Alderson's birthday. It's not revenge. It's not you killed my father, prepare to die. Mm-hmm. I'm a little lost now because I don't know. And I read something on Reddit, and I try not to do this, but something that really, somebody just nailed it for me a little bit, like White Rose is building this machine to go back in time because she's traumatized over the loss of her love. Elliot's causing the world to end or, or to, to find some justice because there was no justice for him. And all of it really doesn't, is for nothing in a way. I mean, I know we mm. still have six episodes to go. Sam Ismail's going to go, wait for it. It's coming. Right. But at this moment, I'm a little defeated. Mm-hmm. I and, know what you and mean. And going, what the f- Do you know how many people have been murdered in the course of this? So that's my question. Like, I was kind of left with, fuck, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. What do we do now? What was all of this for? Yeah, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I'm i still kind of reeling. But I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place. I, I knew I was going to do this. Um, either I go in order and um, I talk too much or I am all over the place and I talk too well, much. And we don't want to miss anything. And I'm going to go out of order right now. Yeah, so we see Mr. Robot walk off. He's like, I can't help you anymore. I'm out. Is he out? Is he coming back? Is Mr. Robot coming back with a different persona? an interesting question is because in the in the previous for next week we see little elliot so is mr robot back but it's little elliot as a persona can i say that i spoiled something for myself in that (laughs) christian slater's in all the other episodes like he's listed Mm -hmm. yeah what is that relationship now Mm -hmm. what is that there's got to be some sort of confrontation there's got to be some sort of reckoning Mm -hmm. that was his protector Oh, my God. Can we also talk about Christian Slater, the heartbreak on his face when he's like, Krista, Krista don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. It'll destroy him. Those three in that moment with Vera circling going, get it. I'm like, this is why I love the show. Mm-hmm. This is why it's probably one of the best shows that's ever been on television. But just the look on Christian's face. You know, playing Mr. Robot this entire time. He's laying something down forever in this moment. And Elliot is now going to have to walk around as this open wound. Mm -hmm. But I do agree with Vera. Monster's already here. You become the storm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Elliot is aware of Monster now. Is he aware of Monster I don't think he is. Because he's still got to reckon with that guy. Yeah, I'm... I always think he is aware of him, but he is not putting him as forth as he is with Mr. Robot. Mm. Like, he's more cognizant of Mr. Robot because that's like... he The good that, guy. That's the good guy for him, right? And so he's... That's his go-to 
I don't know if that makes sense. Go-to personality, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no. Where I think he knows that monster exists, but he doesn't put him forward or put it forward as much as he did with robot. Can I tell a weird story about my finger that applies to this situation? All right. <laughs> Here we go. No, okay. So 20 some, 22 years ago, I broke my finger in a freak accident, my middle right-hand finger. Okay. And over the years, um, it's just gotten knobbier and weirder. And then I broke it randomly opening a door last summer. Ouch. Just a random thing. I opened a closed door in the dark thinking it was propped open. And I flung it open. And I was joking with Ian. And I heard a snap in the dark. Ouch. And I broke this finger. And I went to the doctor. And they were like, you have a big growth in there i'm like oh my god cancer I'm, i just go straight to cancer mm-hmm. so i go to an orthopedic surgeon she takes a thing of it and she shows me there's like a little skull in there in the middle of my joint sitting above the joint she said what's happened is over the years because of that trauma because it wasn't set right is that you're growing all this extra cartilage around that broken place so it'll heal but it won't heal, but it just keeps growing extra stuff and i started thinking about did mm-hmm. and how he's been fractured by this sexual molestation and you create this personality in this case there's a magda persona there's a little boy elliot persona there's mr robot and then there's the other one that's either his id right Mm -hmm. or just another guy that stores all of his rage so i was like i understand it now better than i ever have is that he's trying to he, he warped the image of his molester into his protector to just try to heal, Mm -hmm. to just heal whatever he can do. And when I came to that conclusion, I was a mess on my couch. Someone just trying their best to reconcile this horror, this pain, this betrayal by turning your villain into your hero. Like, damn. Mm -hmm. And now we understand that little boy at the movie theater And that conversation that he said, you're sick and you just don't want to admit it. And I lost it. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to like get us all to the verge of, anyway. Go to your next point. (laughs) My next point. (laughs) Because you're looking at me like, okay. (laughs) No, I, I, every, everything that you say, you, you have just said, I definitely felt the same way too. And everyone that I spoke to and friends that I've made you know, through this, um, this little journey of robot, I have every, every one of us were were choked up and really felt away. And yes, these are fictional characters, but we all know someone or know of someone who is, has been in a position like that. And it just definitely struck a nerve with so, so many people. And, and, you know, just kind of even thinking back, thinking about the process that they all had to go through. And, you know, they, um, if you follow any of the actors on, on social, they were um, talking about how um, Sam had, during the table read, I think B.D. Wong had posted this, and uh, Sam had asked everybody when it came to that point of the scene, everyone at the table to leave the room, and only the actors that were in that scene were to stay in and go through the read together. And then when we saw last night when um, Vera told Peanuts and Javi to please leave the room, I knew right there something that's when I woke up again and I'm like okay I'm not shutting this down I need to finish this episode tonight yeah because it was kind of like okay they asked everyone on the table read to leave the room now 
Peanuts and Hobby has to leave the room. What's going to happen? Can we talk about just a minute when we, we slide into like, and again, that, that depth and, and why I love the show, why we all love the show, what it does, what it represents, last night's aspect ratio, like everything about it was amazing. And then the comedy. And oddly enough, in this really dark thing, there's Javi and Peanuts who are like these two Shakespearean guards. They're like the two people and like the merchants of the two guards and the merchant of Venice or wherever standing around and, and Peanuts making all of her jokes and being hilarious like Nickelodeon shit and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But they were us too. Like oh, I kind of want to know what's going to go on. I want to stick around. And Hobby's like, you know, like Barrow's like, get out of the room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the the ability to write comedy in a really weighted, heavy episode is also pure genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Courtney Looney or who was responsible for last night's episode along with Sam. I know that he has his hand in everything, but he has been giving shout-outs to the writers who have taken this on. So I'm sorry I don't have your name in front of me. I should know that. But if this episode does not get nominated for an Emmy, then the Academy needs to be rocked to sleep early is all I'm going to say. Mm. You guys are fools. And if you let all these months go by, these next five to six months go by before you vote and you forget about this episode, mm-hmm. you need to give me your membership in the Academy because I will remember this. We will all remember this. Mm-hmm. Give us your memberships. We can, t- we can do all these things and keep up because I've seen this happen to other great shows where these amazing performances happen. It happens to Better Call Saul all the time and then we get close to award season and it's not that awards even really fucking matter Mm -hmm. but i feel like it does give a show street cred it does give the creators more power to move forward and make even more great tv although sam is unstoppable i feel like for these writers for these creators and this crew it gives them street cred which is its own currency so i hope that someone sees the weight of it. And as we were going to do the podcast tonight, um, it's fast becoming probably one of, it's rated one of the highest rated episodes in the history of TV oh. um, as we were coming in to do this. So do I keep cutting off your thoughts? Like you no. keep like serving up a sandwich and I keep flame throwing <laughs> it and going, no, no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to be no, negative. No, 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 not at all. I'm, I'm taking it all in. Um, another thing that really struck me as uh, just pure genius and just, You know, I don't come from a background of Hollywood production or anything like that. So just kind of seeing this. Not required. Not required. Um, I saw the the acts first. So I'm like, okay, act one, act two. And I'd been watching, you know, football most of the weekend. And I'm like, okay, so is there four acts? Is there two acts? I didn't know like how many acts. You know, I've been I've been on Broadway and it's usually like, you know, a few acts. And so I didn't really know what was happening. And then. And then again, like I said, when I realized like kind of towards at the end of act three, that things are really starting to take a, take a turn, but that was really interesting how yes. they, Sam just like doing something just so different and just so completely, I think he really is going to continue to just frame good television, yes. what it is, what good television is today in our age. I think he's changed the game. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no doubt I mean, and Andre, to our point about the, the mood and the setting, he said, we really spent an uninterrupted hour in two rooms in an episode that was carried effortlessly by the acting talent acting talent of this cast. Elliot Villar managed to last the entire episode with tearful eyes. Well, if you smoke that much meth or whatever he was smoking in there. And Rami managed to capture the absolute despair of learning the truth in the fourth 
um, act. So I th- this is, again, still Andre. So I think we're all in agreement that this third persona we've been dying to... Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm rushing ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. there. I've said this before on the podcast, and I'm not trying... I'm not a person who... I guess I it feels like I'd be a person who's given to hyperbole. But I, I really, really am not, guys. Get that joke there. Um, <laughs> it I... It's one of those shows. It's, it's a Game of Thrones came along and changed the game. Twin Peaks changed the game. Uh, Breaking Bad changed the game. In its own way, Law and Order came and changed the framework in, in, in the procedural. There's a lot of things that do that. Not a lot of things that do that in this way. And I feel like Mr. Robot came along and it just, it knocked the wind out of me how simple this was mm-hmm. and how powerful it was. That, And you do make the point, these are fictional characters, but... They're telling stories that we all can relate to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even known a Vera in my life, mm-hmm. you know, way back in the day. I knew a guy like that, like a, a really intelligent street guy mm. who, you know, given under different circumstances, Volar could have very well been a politician. He could mm. have been, you know, someone with a lot of power. He certainly went back to the Dominican Republic and in his 87 days, mm-hmm. owned the joint, sounded like. So what could he have been? And you see that. I mean, I've known characters like that if they had just had a different lot in life. Gloria Rubin, her turn as is, is Krista, falling into the work. You know, even with her life being threatened, a gun to your head, you see her readjust herself mm-hmm. and listen to Elliot and go, oh, I didn't know your mom passed. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah. And then seeing someone who's just gone down the road of their story, who's been told by their sister, well, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. So crushing. And then when he opens mm-hmm. up yeah. and we're there with him and we've been walking with Elliot and then to see him rage after that, mm-hmm. fall apart and then rage. And he's that, that blocking in the living room around the Christmas tree with Vera boxing him in. And he's screaming out the window with the lightning and the thunder. And the way that Rami carried his body, the way Elliot scrunched up after the don't touch me, which sends him out of the room. He's just bunched up. How do I live with this? And he's so hurt and so destroyed that he reaches toward this horrible, horrible man. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can relate to that all day long too, can't we? Yeah. Reaching for people who are not good for us because there's no one else. Right. Just like when you have nobody and you reach for something to kind of help you feel better, yes. people resort to things like drugs yes. and all all the bad decisions. All of the stuff that yeah. he's tried. Like he said, I tried jail. I tried morphine. Uh-huh. I tried to get rid of this guy. And then he realizes he created this guy. And mm-hmm. Krista was the one who said, if you unravel this, you have to be careful. And as much as she's fearful of Elliot, I feel like she's really terrified for him. What she's about to do to him. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be done over time. Mm-hmm. She's doing it in a matter of minutes. Right, right. Crushing. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did Edward Alderson also abuse Darlene and Angela? I was thinking about that. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because there's something to this Lolita stuff we keep getting. Mm-hmm. Dol- uh, Darlene, her handle is Dolores Hayes. That's the character from Lolita in the book. The mm. young girl who's manipulated by the older man. After she loses her, he marries her mother. The mother dies and then he assumes the position of her and then he has this sexual relationship with her. And it doesn't just stop there. It goes on into her adulthood. And then Darlene, with the, the I mean, the Angela in the room with White Rose. Someone had said this on Reddit that blew me away. And I didn't even think about it until someone posted this, that White Rose has known about this trauma. She's known about Edward Alderson. She knows everything about everyone who works for her. So she has used this information to manipulate in the past. Angela in that room mm-hmm. with Lolita. She knows about this trauma. Will she now use this trauma to comfort him? Is she, too, going to draw Elliot to her? Taking advantage of of now this Or, like Vera, yes, it, on the one hand, manipulating, but on the other hand, relating to. Mm-hmm. It's interesting what Sam does with his villains. Yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> They're three-dimensional. Three-dimensional, and you there there are ways that you, you're kind of rooting for them, but at the same time, you just want them to burn in hell. It's just... And, and just kind of going through the um, the stages, I was like, I was really, really intrigued by the whole five acts thing, and yeah. I thought, why is there five... And then when we see... And I'm, like, jumping here. I, we see Elliot, like, you know, screaming at the thunder, and I thought... You know, you know, my father had passed away a few years ago and I was, you know, learning up on the five stages of mourning and the five stages of grieving and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, OK, here we go. And and you really kind of go through each one. And then, you know, reading up on on the in, the interwebs, um, several several people had made that um, had recognized that as well. Yes. Um, and so then it, that made me think about how if this had happened to Darlene and Angela, what were their ways of processing it as well? And is that what catapulted Angela into what she, was that her real reasoning of why she did everything? Wow. Yeah. Not just about her mother, about her own. Mm -hmm. It had to be for a reason. She's looking for reasons in a world where there might, there might not be Mm -hmm. any. Yeah, the, the stage, is it four stages of grief, five stages of grief? Five. See, there you go. That has been with us since season one. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about that last night, too, because we end with some sort of acceptance, a, a at least a representation of acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, boom. Did anybody see Krista coming in with a knife? Did anybody even see that coming? Did not see Krista just... She was literally the silent murderer. She was just like, Chris is like, you're in my house. You're hollering. You're screaming. Mm-hmm. Y'all making a mess of everything. I have beautifully appointed and collected all of these beautiful things in my home. Right. And now homeboy has been squeezing on me. He put his hand up my dress earlier, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. trust. I, I almost came like everybody's like getting all squishy about Vera. I'm like, that is who he is. That's what. Yes. I, I have huge sympathy and empathy for his past and his childhood, but come on now. And you can just see Elliot just coming out of his skin about this. And he's scrawny. He ain't doing nothing to nobody. I think peanut just half drunk could take on Elliot. As he says, you don't threaten me with a gun. 
you use me as the gun. So I was just sitting here. I don't. I didn't even see it. For some thing, for just for a second, I thought, did Elliot stab him? And I and so the fir- very first thing I saw, I thought was, wow, he he hacked him somehow and got him. OD'd on something. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, yeah. he did something where he typed it into the computer. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. And then finally when he when he rolled over I, and I was like, oh man, that was crazy. Do not fuck with a New York therapist is what nope. I'm thinking. Nope. She's over here going, look, client privilege. I, I, I hold that shit sacred. You ain't going to be telling his secrets. Kabam. I was just, you could have knocked me over the fed. And then the, the Shakespearean death. At the foot of the Christmas tree, and the white, and the yellow, and the gold, and and he's bookended by these two characters in that overhead shot. I was like, "What?" Yeah, every little bit going going dark, and like, oh yeah, one, the lights clicking two, on. Three, four, Are you kidding boom, me? and then the tree. Yeah, loved it. Holy God, it was beautiful. I go back to something that Edward said, and we'll be going back to everything that Edward said, or or Mr. Robot said. This is Mr. Robot when they're sitting out at the pier. And Mr. Robot pushes him. Does he push him? In Elliot's mind, he pushes him. He's like, I was eight years old, and he was about to, to relive this window trauma, and then Mr. Robot pushes him. He goes, you violated the sacred uh-huh. pact. I am now so confused about this scene. I've always been confused about that scene. Because if Mr. Robot is the protector, What? Mm-hmm. Did he have a psychotic break sitting there because he was edging up to that window moment? Did Mr. Robot interrupt that moment I so he so. wouldn't follow it down? I think so. But those words, you violated the pact. Surely, and you know this a lot about molestation relationships that we hear about, um, that we are entrusted to when we're being molested, don't tell anybody. It's our sacred pact. This is between me and you. So now that's the layer sitting on top of that moment mm-hmm. that I'm going. I have watched season one at least eight times, like thoroughly. And as you rolled up tonight, I think that's probably the 15th, 20th time I've seen the pilot. And now it's completely altered. I couldn't even look at Mr. Robot. I was just. What do we do with him now? Like, what do we do with Mr. Robot? Like, what? How do we? And surely Sam knows this. He knows that now we have to look at Mr. Robot. How? Because Mr. Robot did this. Mr. Robot didn't do the molesting. Edward Alderson was the molester. And again, we don't know, like, how did he get all the money to start the Mr. Robot store? Was that a buy-off from White Rose? Was she behind Darlene's kidnapping? I mean, the story gets six more episodes of a lot of content. Yeah. But I'm just sitting here with this going, how do we live with, how does Elliot live with the fact that he has to just be this raw, open wound in the world and how do we live with looking into the face of the man who made him this way? What a trick of this show. The hat trick got even bigger. I'm like, so we answered this question, and then he just opened up all of these other things for us to ponder and to mm-hmm. think about. And he will answer them, I think. Well, and that's the reality of so many people today. 
that they, in real life, have to deal with this in their real lives. Every day. Every single day, and that's what's representative. I think, you know, and again, trauma is interesting. It changes like we change. It changes with your eras and your seasons. And like I said last night, it just snuck up on me. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, I was like, something was kind of in my throat about it. And today I was kind of walking through it today, revisiting some aspects of it, turning some things over that I hadn't thought about in 20-something years, Mm -hmm. Uh, 25 years it would be. So I was like, what? And then I saw a lot of people's reaction to it, a lot of people who were like, well, I wish I would have gotten a warning. Um, But then I think about the episode of Law & Order that happened right before it about a young man who had forgotten that he had been molested. I mean, Andre started noticing this, and I think you did too, that the episodes that roll right before Mr. Robot are literally telling us something about the next episode Mm -hmm. because they're not in any particular order, right? Right. They're just showing these kind of reruns that are leading up that day. So, you know, Sam was like, okay, I needed an episode that does this thing, and I was like thinking nothing of it until after the episode ended, and I was like, Ain't that a bad a bitch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He really is doing this. Um. Yeah, yeah. There could have been a warning, okay, but there's no warning when it's when this is really happening in real life. Also, people are facing this in real life, and so, okay, yeah, there could have been a warning, but there wasn't. So here we are now faced with the reality of what's what's happened to Elliot. I think my whole thing is that if you're going to do that, then you should probably do it for episode every episode of Law and Order. Like I don't see those warnings before Law and Order episodes. So oh. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's invalid. Um, that people are saying that at the same time, like you're on USA. It was just <laughs> the episode before it was about molestation, and there was no warning episode before that. I know I was on the treadmill watching the whole thing i'm mm-hmm. watching a lot of law and order you should be happy with me i'm so proud of you i am like now i hear it and like it's becoming like an old friend like the theme mm-hmm. and all of it the dun 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 it's gonna be my new ringtone soon so um love it the comedy let's talk about the comedy real quick the nickelodeon comment the puff mm-hmm. of smoke i love here very goes and how does this work so do we like say your name three times do we like <laughs> yeah do we like you know do we would play Bob Marley music and light some candles. I was just loving that these actors are so adept at what they do that they can jump in and out of these moments. Elliot Villar is such a gem. Isn't he just so amazing? Like where, where did this man come from? He's so just them working together a lot. It was just, he's just such an amazing actor. I'm going to track this man for the rest Mm -hmm. of his career. I'm wherever he goes. Right. Mr. Villar, we are going to be watching you. I mean, I, he needs to get a nomination for this. Absolutely. Um, stellar. Also, the work of Young M.A. and uh, Janier Williams. I thought they mm-hmm. were great. I mean, they, there was, they didn't have to do a whole lot, but what they did do added uh, something into the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gloria Rubin spent most of the time gagged, and then in what, the fourth and fifth acts, she... She steps to and and is in that moment. I mean, it's hard to play a therapist. I had a friend who had to play. She said, if I play this one therapist, I'm going to play every therapist ever. You know, she goes, I'm a black actor. I'm of a woman of a certain age. And once I sit down in that chair and I wear my caftan, it's over. But I need to pay my mortgage. And my daughter needs to, you know, I need to pay my daughter's at UCLA. 
So she sat down in that chair and she played, you know, a therapist for five years. And she goes, what can you do? There's not a whole lot to do with that. Like a judge, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these roles, like there's, you get boxed into this thing Mm -hmm. and it is really hard to play that. It's really hard to do that. And I thought Gloria Rubin just within that role, just rocked the shit out of Mm -hmm. it because she doesn't, she doesn't need to do too much, but she's also in duress and in this situation that you don't normally see therapists in. You don't normally see them like getting pistol whipped in their own house or whatever was going on. The therapist getting therapied. Right. (laughs) Right. By a guy who smoked a lot of crystal meth. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Really quick, going back to the very, very top of the show, is he calling um, Leon to come get him? Or was that, because uh, it was so dark, I couldn't see. I couldn't see it either. So w- is that um, a conversation that's happening inside the car? And we're Oh, just... that was a conversation inside the car. He's so just it... in there heavily breathing. Okay, so it wasn't him. Right, and I guess Leon. they had his backpack, right? Oh, they kept his backpack up front. So They he... did. But he always keeps his phone in his pocket. In his oh, they, no, he was wearing it when they pulled him out of the trunk. He was wearing the backpack. And his phone's always in his back pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he call Leon? Maybe he did call Leon. Maybe he did. I right. mean, he been to call him because we got to get this body out of Krista's house. Right. Like, well, then who who was that if if it was know. not Leon? Did you watch it with captions last night? I did. And I was like... Well, my captions were all off, by the way. I was watching it on... I'm not going to say, but the captions were not aligned with well, the scene. So it was, Okay, to your thing. You told me it was on YouTube. So I ran over there, plopped in my information, got that YouTube... Now, okay, I did see it literally the hour before it aired on USA, but next week and going forward, my bitch ass is going to be able to see it like the rest of the country, you know, at six or seven. Some people are saying that you can see it as early as five on YouTube. Some people oh. are, maybe that's because they're in a time zone where like, is that a mountain central time? I don't know, time zones work, uh, I don't even know. But like, I know that next week I'm going to be in the spot, but just to sit there and watch them back to back, Here's the thing about YouTube, though. Here, I thought I'm going to see this uninterrupted episode. It had commercials in it. We still have commercials, yeah. So that fucked up my flow, but I got the content, right? So mm-hmm. then I was able to settle in and then go for the ride almost immediately after. That was a head rush. Oh, nice. And I was still trying to figure out, like, in the second watch, is he calling? Is he? Ta- I didn't hear any doot-doot-doot. I didn't hear any buttons. I didn't mm-hmm. hear anything. Mm-hmm. And I still had to like put it up on the big screen. Maybe we'll do it after the podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be too late for you and I, but just to see is there something going on in there because it's dark as shit in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he just trying to process? But if he acts, then what's going to happen to Krista? Because he's very, very deeply concerned. And again, the one thing that wasn't lost on me and I think lost on any of us is that he's in the middle of this big ass hack. This, is, this hack he's about to do is bigger than five nine. And I, I didn't forget. Go, I didn't forget about that. He's going out to play hero, right? Right. And this Mr. Robot's like, shit. He's gonna go play hero, and we're all like, dude, you ain't got time, dude. It is still Christmas Day, right? <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, this is the regular New York. These are regular human hours. It's regular Earth hours. There's only so many. This thing is this Deus group thing is tonight. Mm-hmm. So, and it is nighttime, by the way. Right. So I'm sitting here thinking. He really must care about this woman. Krista. Yeah. 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 Because he just trots off like, all right, one shot. The window's going to open just so much for the day of script to meet. And I'm going to rob the, uh, the, rob the money. 
So I found that very interesting. Maybe that's why he didn't call is because Krista could have been killed in the course of that and didn't want to risk it. Mm. You know, also, do you want to be owing favors to Leon? Mm, that's true. He does love to kill a bitch, but if you're not a white supremacist, he may roll up and go, hey, peanuts, Javi, where y'all been at? You know, mm-hmm. he might think they might know each other. I don't know. Right, right. I'm not trying to make a comment like all street thugs know each other. But it seems like it's a pretty small world. You know, right. like you see right. people in production all the time. Like, hey, I saw you on that film. Like, maybe it's like that with thugs. It's like, oh, you're a murdering thug. Oh, okay. Hello. Especially if, like, you're pushing a lot of drugs. Right. Um, speaking of street thugs that push drugs. So this um, dream that Vera wanted to run New York. Yes. And Elliot quickly giving him a reality check. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like schooling him and Vera's <laughs> like uh, I don't know it's like dude if you were asking a question about how much money then you right. should not be doing I wouldn't even have you guys like manage a white castle right so funny and yeah. he just walks them through economics 101 yeah yeah like dude but I'll show you some numbers and then the stadium money and they're looking at it and like they're just like and what would Vera have done with all that money? Mm-hmm. I mean, who would have known? Like, he would have had all the power in the world. I don't right. think he would have lasted long. I think he would have gone out like Scarface. Mm-hmm. But for a season, if the man played himself right, it's just like if you're watching a, a person who watches Snowfall and you see the rise of Saint, is if he kicked the junk, if he wasn't a user, could he have taken all that money and used it to, to exact some sort of power for himself? We'll never know. But I do love it. I love that Elliot's over here going, oh, like, just one of the ABCs. Mm-hmm. Him and Mr. Robot traded off giving the dude shade about his shitty plan. Right, right. So I loved that. Um, one of the things that touched me a lot when we got to the revelation, as I go back to that scene with Muhammad, the day he was going to kill himself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he goes to Trenton's house. Oh, the, bro- the little brother. And he goes on that day trip with Mohammed. It's just going, I'm going to have to watch that episode again and again and again. It was just sitting on top of me at the end of this, too. The green sucker, green means go, live. But it was the child who was giving him permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, children. Anything hurting children. He's fucking, I mean, I think all of us are appalled. All of us would be like, fuck this. But this dude, like, wants to, like, bury you. He wants to, you know, Ron's coffee your ass. Mm -hmm. So I started touched by all of those images. Now they make so much sense to me, the way Sam's used that. Also, broken relationships. His way of getting intimate with Shayla is to to get fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then Darlene coming into the room having probably been molested by Edward Alderson, that's the way I'm framing it now until somebody tells me otherwise, seeing him able to have intimacy with this girl, jealous, conflicted. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't, you know, why does she choose Ollie? It, it, it makes so much sense. Ollie's a, a piece mean, of shit. You mean Angela? Yeah, sorry. Angela. Mm-hmm. Angela p- picks Ollie like a piece of shit. Like her choices are terrible. Like everything... It, it it makes so much sense to me. Darlene is broken, but Elliot maybe prevented it from going so far with her. Mm-hmm. But maybe it was just Angela and Elliot who got 
this and maybe he was coming forward or I don't know. I just know that I am now spiraling officially on the podcast. So Darlene telling Elliot the story all these years a certain way, was that done to protect him? Like why were they trying to suppress the reality, the truth of what happened? It's a question I have too. Why not? And see, this is this also now brings me to the current state with Krista and how long has he been seeing Krista, and why did Krista allow this topic to be suppressed and not have have him bring it up to surface and deal with the reality? I mean, is he that fucked up? Yeah. That she said, okay, we're gonna deal with this in a more timely way because it it surely seems like she was had like put that away, had filed that part of his life away. I think with Darlene, she doesn't want to fuck him up even further. He's barely functioning as far as she's concerned. He's flipping between monster and robot and God knows whom else. She's like, well, if I tell him about this moment, or maybe, she's, or maybe she thinks that he, sh- he does know, but he doesn't. And when she has him, I'm like, do you want me to tell you about that day? Mm-hmm. And it's not about... If you take the camera out of the situation... It was just a day where he decided, Mr. Robot decided to jump out and literally jump out of the way and distract, run, whatever. I think what was on the camera Mm -hmm. was the warning. I don't know why Krista doesn't just get down to it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Help him overcome. Right? I don't know. Right. Instead of... pulling it along and as that heavy baggage and continuing to have that. But obviously Elliot is a, is a very troubled individual and yeah. And, or maybe there's something to it that you, you, if you see somebody in such a fragile state, you don't want to be the cause of them falling deeper down a right. well. Cause right. God knows, is it gonna, is he going to be? Cause she says that thing about when she's mad at him and she leaves a message with I go to your house and you're swinging by a rope. I prefer that, you know, mm-hmm. She's got to know from that statement. She's got to know so much, so much. Okay. Well, so I'm going to go to, uh, uh, in this vein, this is, I was about to read it a while ago. I'm going to read it now. Andre's note about, so I think we're all in agreement that this third persona we've been dying to know his, the identity of is just this new version of Elliot going forward. The enlightened Elliot, the Elliot that finally knows the truth about why he is the way he is, the reveal of the sexual assault is one of those reveals uh, that in the moment is shocking, but after the fact makes complete sense. Again, a la Game of Thrones with the Aegon Targaryen reveal. So when Magda references the other one, does she mean the truth is missing from the table? Oh, snap. Right? I didn't think about that. It's also worth pointing out that the first episode of the season reintroduced Elliot and Robot into the story by them blackmailing a pedophile. We get it now, Sam. Yes, uh, I said that earlier. Uh, and then he says that Lindsay has this theory that Darlene did actually tell Mr. Robot that Vera was back, but when it came up, Robot played dumb. He knew that if Elliot began to question why he kept this uh, very important piece of information from him, then it would be to throw their relationship back into mutual contempt. He couldn't risk that. So he thinks that Robot knew that Vera was back. Yeah, that's what Lindsay's theory is. Oh, Lindsay, right. Andre's uh, roommate. Hi, Lindsay girl. So there's 
again, it's like just when we think that we can sit back and put our feet up and go, aha, question number 27 answered. It just spawns all of this other thought. And that's also what I love about it, though. Yeah, same. Ain't no puff of smoke up in this piece. Do you have any other thoughts about this episode? Yeah, I loved for a split second seeing Elliot Alderson's confidence in pulling out that gun. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> little guy oh I was like oh he is going for it and clearly in a state of um, being vulnerable and not obviously they had checked his bag and he didn't even think twice about he was just such a, usually he's very calculated and moving forward with whatever action that he has in front of him and he just didn't didn't even think that of course they went through his bag of course they took it out and this is where he's just not sharp like that. Like yeah. he's, he's, I love that he's just that kind of awkward boy. Like, yes, I saw him with a gun going, oh, this doesn't look right. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. It was like right. a, a dog like, wearing like a, a sweater vest. I was yeah. Like, What's happening? Yeah. What are you doing? But I'm yeah. noticing that a lot in this season is we're seeing more of Elliot Alderson being very confident in a lot of the things that he's yes. doing, but then it, but then it bites him in the ass. It just bring, pulls him right back. One thing that struck me too is you see the way the uh, the other people are interacting with Robot and Elliot in the room, mm-hmm. Krista and Vera. Mm. There's and I was looking at their eye lines and where they were looking. She looks at Robot and then she looks at Elliot. So what I would love to see, I've got to see this at least one time. Although Sam will probably say you've seen it all along, you just don't know you've been watching it. I want to see. Elliot have that conversation. I want to see him do the switch. I want to see Rami do his Christian, do his Elliot in the same scene. Shut up. No, it's you. La la la. I want to see it. We've seen glimpses. Just like the choking. Was it the, when he's choking himself? And And it's a moment, but I'd want to see a full conversation of him just sitting there switching off and talking. Shut up. Keep reading. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, Vera in that scene, reading through the notes, this is one of the things that Ian said. He goes, I love this dude. Like, he's reading the notes in this very clinical kind of way of like, oh, no, let me read. If you're not going to tell me, I'm going to get through these notes. Mm -hmm. The way that interconnectedness happened, the way that interchange happened was just, it's magic. You don't get that every day when you're writing stuff and when you see something that's so well written, performed, and produced like that. Mm-hmm. I will always stop at this episode going forward and marvel at it and love it to pieces. I love it so much. So, Oh, man. I don't know what I'm going to do next week, but I know one thing. I'm going to be falling apart at seven with the rest of you people. Although I think next episode, it's like body removal. Uh, what was in that pre- the premiere um, in the preview? We got Janice. Oh, yeah, Janice. <clears throat> we'll be back with the two girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Domlene. Okay. Domlene. Uh, Darlene's head still cracked open. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. So there'll be menacing happening. Right. When does White Rose and her little... Wang Shu. Wang Shu comes back. When do they I come back? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, we're going to see the Deus group get together soon. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now we want to see who are all these other chuckle fucks who are in the Deus group. Who are these people? Well, we've seen them already. Have we? We have seen them. Remember, um, well, I'm 99% sure. Um, was it the finale of season one 
when oh my gosh i when they're sitting at the fire in the castle with the thing no no no, not that one um that's not i'm thinking i'm thinking of something else it's when they're at a dinner and i think um the the buildings are exploding and they're like at some kind of benefit fundraiser and then you see all of these like dignitaries and really people that but see i thought it was a small group of people am i just high i thought it was like five dudes maybe one chick yeah, I think so, but I think they were all sprinkled into. Oh, gotcha. And say, also, I think we've also, seen them, but we just don't know. know we don't them. know. I they haven't got lines yet, right? But I think we know who they are. They're the know. leaders of these countries right. and ours included. Right. And yep. Something that struck me from last week when um, he's telling Olivia like about the big bad shit that you know the Deus Group's done, and he and he lists off all these like big conflicts and he goes that's not even the top 10 i'm like i'm sorry what there's something bigger than the gulf war and some shit i mean are you telling me this did they pulled off 9 11 what's happening like what you trying to say you know so again what's our motivation what is elliot doing this for mm-hmm. is this the the cartilage creating more of itself yeah. to force the healing what is this about but ultimately because he's asking Vera some pretty hard-boiled questions about, like, what are you here for? What do you really want? Mm-hmm. And what I want to know now, dear Elliot, is what do you really want? Mm-hmm. Is it, If this is about not being alone, well, hell, this is a really fucked-up way to go about, about, you know, finding a life partner. I mean, is this White Rose and Elliot go skipping down the street when both of their plans get, you know, fucked up? Yeah. I don't know what's coming. I'm so excited. Yeah, it just I just got a little sentimental because it's like you could have had Olivia. You could have had there were just so many different characters that have come into the picture and you could have just stopped and right there. She was so representative of what his life could have been. Right. Mm-hmm. There's there is that heartbreak that's just baked into the DNA of the show. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are holding out hope for Elliot. I'm glad that he isn't, I'm, I'm glad to understand him a little bit better, a whole lot better than the monster who pulled that shit last episode with Olivia. I'm glad to know this while I'm also horrified and heartbroken to know this about Elliot. Mm-hmm. But I don't really hold out a whole lot hope that he's going to come skipping away from this. I still say from the last episode, what's he going to do now? How is he going to live with himself? He's now saying that out loud. How am I going to live? I don't know. But now that we know this, I'm really rooting for him to survive. Mm-hmm. While knowing Sam Esmail may not let that happen. I don't know. But he did say something in this Hollywood Reporter article that made me go, what? Where he said, in the original version that was a feature version... The guy never connected with anyone. There was no connection. Mm-hmm. And he walks away from it not connected. I'm like, ooh, Sam, you saying he walks away? Ooh, yes. <laughs> He's working at a Cinnabon in Omaha. <laughs> All you Better Call Saul fans got that joke. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I, I don't have anything more to say about it except for that. I Probably one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. Um, I hope I'll keep saying. I don't think I'll be saying that long after the show is off the air. Me too. Um, I still go back to The Body on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, Ozymandias on better on uh, Breaking Bad. 
and I think this one, proxy authentication. I can't say sure. the word, guys. What was that episode for Breaking Bad? What was the... Uh, Ozymandias, yeah. Which one was that? That was the one that was a turning point of uh, toward the end. Where Last all, season, right? Yeah, where it all just... It's the Rice episode. We mm-hmm. find out what's up with Walt and yeah. everything's closing in. And it was probably one of my favorites because, and then the finale, probably one of the best finales I've ever seen on television too. Absolutely, A man who went out the way he went out and you're just like, holy shit. Oh God, if you guys haven't seen uh, Breaking Bad, I just probably just fucked something up for you. Well, you said spoiler alerts at the beginning, so. Well, not for, not for Breaking Bad. Well, I mean, this whole thing, (laughs) our whole life is a spoiler alert. So, well. Fuck. (laughs) All right. I have nothing else. Do you have other stuff? I have so much stuff, but I'm I'm heartbroken. No, 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 no. no. I'm I'm heartbroken about last night, and I know Elliot has done some very, very um, bad things in his uh, path to seeking a better life. But he did all those things because something happened to him, and because he cares about other people, and he cares about other people. I also have a very tiny, soft spot in my heart for Vera. Yeah, because he is the way he is because somebody made him that way i totally get it and uh, yeah i would i would be that um that lonely grandmother that probably goes to the jail and wants to just hug them and kiss them and say you know you're you're going to be okay just pray and you will be forgiven all of your sins because they came into this world as human beings and whatever happened to them was out of their control sure and i i do have a very tiny soft spot for them yeah and i just i i really got soft-hearted and understood Vera so much in this episode. Um, and didn't think he was going to die in the episode, but I'm like, this guy's going to go out and it's going to leave a mark. So I did soften to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that connection between the two of them, when they locked eyes and they were in profile in that shot, something kind of moved around in my heart that I didn't expect to move mm-hmm. around. And I was like, oh, shit. So that's all I got. Um, should we send it on out of here? Yeah. Okay, so you guys have a good week. Uh, get some rest. I hope that you guys aren't too traumatized by that episode. But please enjoy uh, the rest of your week. Are we going to be coming back after Thanksgiving? I feel like we are. What is Thanksgiving? Next week. What day? Next Thursday. Oh, so, yeah, we'll see you totally before Thanksgiving. I'll show you happy Thanksgiving then. Yeah, there's right. there's an episode this weekend. Right, so we'll see an episode uh, mm-hmm. before then, right? So you guys take care of yourself, and we will see you very soon. We know that we love and care about you. And Ashley.